Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Limited Engagement. I'm your host for the show, Jared Duran. And uh, this is the this is the final engagement. <laughs> um, it's been uh, it's been quite the run, I think. It's uh, five and a half years. Started back in, in May 2015. Uh, did 150 episodes. Most of them uh, unique interviews. Uh, no, almost no repeats. And uh, it's just uh, it was feeling done. Uh, I think over the years, as much as I have enjoyed having the conversations and doing the interviews and and continuing to do those and get into in a little bit here how that is is in another form going to continue uh it just became progressively more and more draining and i think that once i think that once you're not having fun doing something anymore that you're not looking forward to doing something once it becomes a chore for the person doing it that people listening can can tell and it it becomes a chore for everybody both the person putting the show up and doing the talking and the person doing the listening and uh it's been a a real shit show of a year a lot of things have have happened. A lot of terrible, terrible things have happened, <laughs> and um, it it just the sort of confluence of of things uh, with with the final what the fork uh, happening to to take place in the the last week of of this year, and uh, me feeling kind of done with with this show. It seemed like a, a good time to to end it and and to start something new. So for this final show, uh, rather than than uh, try to secure like a, a huge interview, um, it, it seemed like I wanted to go out with something that that has been a one of the continued bright points uh of of the year for me which is talking to my friend Jason and uh do something that's kind of relaxed and fun and 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 comfortable and a good way good way to end the show cuz honestly i mean with some of the people that I've I've talked to and interviewed, the only way that I was going to go out with an interview was if I was talking to like Springsteen or somebody, uh, or or you know one of the guys from Squeeze or or Elvis Costello or um, one of my you know white whale guests, and uh, you know a lot of them were interested. No, they weren't. None of them were interested. But uh, and I didn't ask any of them. But it's it seemed uh it seemed like this was the way to go. And so we're just gonna roll into it. This is not the typical uh top of the 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 show intro where where I'm gonna 
spill my guts and uh, have my dark confessional moment or any of that stuff that I've been doing for for five plus years. We're just going to roll straight into the conversation and uh, here's 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 Jason Kyle. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not Elvis Costello, uh, Jared. Uh, Few people are. <laughs> Yeah, one person I know of in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. And even he's not really Elvis Costello. He's Declan McManus. Yes. Um, and sorry I'm not Chris Difford or Glenn Tilbrook or or, or Springsteen, for that matter. Um, sorry I'm not those people, but... Um, Never apologize. You're, you're pretty good on your own. <laughs> yes, but uh, I put on my pants the same way as those guys, but... When, when I don't I, know, you know, I think some of those people maybe maybe Springsteen has a pants guy, somebody who puts his pants on for him. Yeah, no, I, I doubt it. Well, I it doesn't matter because it, I mean, I don't. When I put on pants, I'm not writing hit songs afterwards. <laughs> uh, after I get them on, but um, yeah. So I guess um, I guess we'll start out with like, what would you have done if you had gone Bruce Springsteen? Or, dude, I don't, I don't even know. Um, Where you know, would the conversation the, even begin? It would just start. I, I, I think I would, I would start with how much, in that particular case, and and in any of those cases, honestly, mm-hmm. if, and it could still happen too. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to talk to any of those guys, I would want to talk to them about how much you know, their their work is meant to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of my life, I mean, without Nebraska, I don't know that I'd be sitting here. Um, yeah, you know, same same thing with 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 any of those people. But I mean, you know, the the way I'd always, well, not the way I'd always. Let's say once once I had the once I had the interview with Robin Hitchcock the preconceived idea of what an interview was going to be went out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went, I, it was, um, I, I know I've talked about this before, but it was basically the turning point of the podcast. It's, it's mm-hmm. where, uh, I had decided that I was going to stop doing the live show or at least, um, uh, like de-emphasize that and focus more on the one-on-one interviews uh, in person, you know, without an audience. Mm -hmm. And I went down there, I had this yellow legal pad full of things that I wanted to, to ask him about. And it's, you know, I started using it because I was nervous as fuck. He was the first person that I interviewed that, uh, you know, that that's one of the, uh, the, uh, like hero worship kind of songwriters, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm still such a huge fan of his. Uh, but we, when we started talking about the music, it was just there was no need for any of the stuff that I had prepared because every everything we talked about led me to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, consequently, when I've I've gotten to interview other people that I I, I have a huge affection for their work. Uh, all of the nervousness was was just gone, um, and any of the 
uh, you know, apprehension about interviewing any of them. It just, I, I'm never going to be in there on their level as far as celebrity goes or, or, uh, you know, body of work, but they're just a person sitting across from you that you're having a conversation with. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I, I like these, these talks where it's, it's basically, it's just, it's just humans talking. Mm-hmm. And so now I think that today, if I were to interview Bruce Springsteen, that it would be, it would be like that, that it would just be two people talking um, having a good old conversation, uh, and you know, I I also kind of wonder too, because some of these people have they've been interviewed so many times over the course of their career. When when I was reaching out to like publicists and, uh, uh, you know, uh, the their people. Uh, about booking the interview invariably the they would kind of hint at wanting uh, a list of questions that I was planning to ask or planning to talk to them about mm-hmm. and I always responded with uh, I have nothing pre-prepared I don't like to prepare any questions in advance I I, 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 I don't um, after after I talked to Hitchcock uh, I, I never went in with any prepared questions, mm-hmm. at least written down. I might have a few things in my head that I knew that I wanted to discuss, but I uh, knew pretty early on, within like the first within the first year and a half of doing the show, that I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't want to commit myself to a predetermined line of questioning. No. Um, like, what did that, what did that feel like before and after? Like, did you, like, like, since it says a turning point, like, what was, who was your interview after Robin? Huh. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, some some old guest is going to look that up and like, oh shit, it was me. He forgot. (laughs) I I never go back and re-listen to any of these things. It's just uh, I once once I I've I've put them up. I that's that's the end of it. I I listen to it in editing. I listen to it in um, oh my my at least the next one that posted after talking to Robin was Matt Bell. Okay. Because oh. I that was. Matt Bell was the best not to I, I hate to to make anybody feel bad, but I have to say that the Matt Bell conversation was the best live one that I did. Mm-hmm. Because I quick the you know, and and that was like I said, the Robin interview was the one where where I was like, this is such a much better conversation me and him in this hotel room uh, than I've ever had in in a live setting. How much because 
they're not conscious of the of the audience. It's mm-hmm. I, I found it was unavoidable mm-hmm. for a guest uh, to like they were always factoring in the audience, mm-hmm. and I think because they were wanting to make them laugh or keep them engaged or something, it made them consider much more what they were saying than when I talked to them one on one. And how much is that as you just getting better? Like learning to be more comfortable as an interviewer. That's part of it. But, you know, all of my interviews, uh, with the exception of one, all of my interviews were in were face-to-face with somebody in the same room mm-hmm. um, until this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I'm a... a sort of uh, empathetic observer. I, I, I see the way people's, how they react to questions, where their eyes are, are going, um, you know, the, the kind of how their body tenses or, or relaxes. And it, it help, has helped inform how I direct the conversation. Mm-hmm. And when I would interview people in front of an audience, um, they would just, they couldn't help but, but look to see how the people in the audience were reacting to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination, I would say. I definitely got, I, I definitely became a, a much more natural interviewer and also the removal of the audience. It, it was definitely the combination of the two. Because I had not done anything prior to doing the first the first episode. I had I had never done a, an interview like that before. Hmm. Um so why end it now? Um like why uh what when when did it stop becoming fun? It's not that the, it's not that the conversations weren't fun anymore. The pressure of I don't I don't think that you can maintain a podcast without consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is on me. I, I, I the the chore booking people was a chore. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, I was when you're when you're doing the booking, and you're doing the the recording and the editing and the making sure everything is posted, and you're and you're having to fill out the calendar and all of that, and you're doing it with no compensation. <laughs> it's all, it, it's it, you know, it, it, it's essentially a glorified hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took it super seriously. Everything that I do, I take. That's that I you know that's a creative endeavor I take very seriously and commit to one hundred percent. And when you know it's there's also a certain level of um, of rejection that's involved in it too because you're I was reaching out to to anybody once I got Robin Hitchcock I was like okay that was like a hail mary kind of thing. Which means mm-hmm. that I have to be comfortable with with you know you got to do the research, especially the higher up like the status you go, 
you have to find the right person to contact and, you know, um, uh, getting them to do the in-person because I didn't want to do over the phone. Uh, obviously, you know, that has kind of changed because I'm, I'm fine with doing the Zoom interviews. Um, but that was, that was a sticking point was, was, was sitting down with somebody and doing the conversation. And it all made it very difficult for a, a small time podcast to, to, to book guests. Um, and that, that kind of became, uh, I didn't want to do it anymore if I couldn't make it consistent. Um, and you've, we've talked, I, I've been a guest on your show and I know that you wouldn't, and we were talking even earlier, like we were just talking how like this podcast wouldn't even have probably happened if it wasn't for a one Mark Marin. Yeah. What, what I like about Marin, Marin's style is that depending on who he's talking to, he's putting, he's trying to work his own shit out. Um, like with a guest. Yeah. Um, sometimes. And he somehow by the end of the interview, he, I feel like he's gained, he's learned a little bit more about himself in addition to learning more about the guests. Has there ever been, like, what have you learned about yourself in the five and a half years that you've done this, like, from another guest? I, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot. I think, you know, because, and that's one of the main reasons that I, I started doing the show is because I felt, you know, I, I'm a writer, I play guitar, you know, I, I, my primary goal in life is still to, um, you know, make art a sustainable living in some way or another. Um, to to make a living at at writing, um, and so I I felt having having gone to you know through the creative the undergraduate creative writing program at ASU and feeling like, especially in Phoenix, that there was a lack of access to people outside of the academic sphere um, to have conversations about craft with, with writers and artists and musicians and all that kind of thing, that there needed to be something that was accessible to to people outside of that. And, you know, when I started listening to Marin, I was, and, and hearing how he, uh, how he would talk to people about their craft. I was like, okay, I can, I, I feel like I can do something like that on a local level. Um, 
And initially it was, you know, it was almost exclusively writers that I was interviewing. And what I would pick up from, from them and then continue to pick up on, you know, the more that I, you know, the more people that I interviewed in other disciplines and everything was, um, like the level of commitment that you have to have, you, you know, there, you, there is whatever you're going to do, you got to just do it. And how you get there does not matter as much as, as continuing to plug away at your craft and, and, and continuing to improve and ignoring, you know, not, not allowing the, you know, the adversity to, to affect whether or not you continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so that was, that was something that I, that I always found, um, or that I, that I, that I found, uh, amped up my drive to, to, to keep plugging away and, and whatever, you know, to start taking freelance work to, to submit, you know, writing to, to journals that I thought I might never get into and, you know, and still haven't, but to just keep doing things. And that's, I mean, that's probably the, 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 the biggest thing that I, that I came away with from that was to, if it, if it matters to you, you got to keep doing it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a guest that like, is there a guest that did that or, is it just saying that you've realized over the years? It's it's just something that you know. I I think that especially from writers, um, you know, it's you, you pick up little things here and there that that allow you to 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 kind of like tweak your own approach. I think, um, or, or or my approach anyway. Uh, you know, listening to, um, I mean, I'm never gonna, to put the, the, it, I think part of it is also realizing what you're not. Uh, so for instance, my conversation with Matt Bell, I'm, I'm never gonna put the, the kind of like research and, 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 um, exploratory work that he does for every novel into any of my writing. I know that that's just not my thing. Um, and that that's that's cool. I mean, that's that's fine. It's uh, you know you don't you know you you find whatever works for you and whatever makes your work exciting and fresh is is going to draw people to it. Because you know I was not aware of how much work that he put into researching Scrapper, and you know, I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic novel. It doesn't read like something that had a ton of research to it. Um, but also like stylistic things, uh, even, uh, like questioning why, you know, if you read one of his books, he never has any of the dialogue in quotation marks. Um, I thought that was a neat stylistic choice and, uh, it, you know, allowed me to uh, to kind of like break some of the conventions in when I was writing fiction. Um, you know, talking to uh, to 
Kurt Lipschitz, uh, a.k.a. Clipschitz, uh, <laughs> about, uh, you know, like his approach to, to writing and, and, and like the kind of research that goes into, or, you know, how, how much he's read gets poured into, into his work stylistically. Or, um, oh, who was it that I was talking to? Um, uh, oh, that's terrible because I published his damn book. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's that's the thing is that I everything that that every person that I've talked to about their craft, um, I, I feel like I've pulled something from that just gets incorporated into my uh approach. I, I wouldn't say that anything has has like made me completely rethink how I do things or, or, um, you know, done major changes to my craft in any way, but it has def, I, you know, I've, I would definitely say that I've, I've probably from, probably from just about everybody that I've talked to, I've pulled a little thing here or there that just gets incorporated into, into my work. Have you become more outgoing yourself as a, res- you know, just from doing it, from doing this? Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I definitely, uh, default to a, a very shy person, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, I, I have never, I know I'm, I'm not what anybody would call a terribly chatty person, but I always get excited talking about, art mm-hmm. uh, talking about writing about ideas about music I always get very animated and so even you know there's there's something you know even in just like the regular like I'm not great at a party uh, I'm I'm, I, I'm always going to kind of like fade into the into the background and and not talk to a bunch of people mm-hmm. but sitting down with, for some reason sitting down with somebody one-on-one and just you know, having a conversation about something that is so like inexplicable, the act of creating it, it like this, it, the search for, for what makes people tick. It's, it's endlessly fascinating to me. And so I can talk about that forever, mm-hmm. you know, but when we're done talking about that, uh, the conversation kind of dries up I, to the, you know, it's still, it's, um, but I, it's, it's allowed me to be much more vulnerable. It's definitely changed how I interact with people on a day-to-day basis and how I am in relationships, um, whether those are, are romantic or otherwise, and, and how much of myself I'm willing to, um, as far as emotionally, psychologically, how much I'm willing to be vulnerable and expose. Um, it's, it's definitely, definitely changed me. Have you had any Gallagher moments where your guest has gone? Like irate? <laughs> uh, no, I think I've managed. I think I've managed to avoid those. 
<laughs> I, I had, um, I've, I feel like I've come close a couple of times. Uh, when I was talking to Lou Barlow, and I kept kind of poking at wanting to get to the emotional core of some of his songs, because the, the album that he'd put out at the time that I was interviewing him um, was very clearly uh, a, a breakup album. And I wanted to talk about the pain that had gone into that. And it was really clear that he did not want to talk about the pain that had gone into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to, to pivot and talk about some other things. Um, there's like a radio station that he grew up listening to. Um, you know, he, he liked, uh, he really likes kind of odd instruments and the recording process. Those were things that I could get into with him, but I, I had to, um, I could see how tense he was getting. So that was an instance. And then un- unfortunately I've only ever lost two interviews and only one of them have I ever not been able to reschedule. Um, and that was with the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Chuck Prophet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I got to, to uh, he was playing Tucson, and I, I, I drove down to interview him. And we had kind of had a little bit of a tense conversation because uh, I again, wanted to talk about songwriting. And and the thing that I learned about talking to songwriters, um, and I learned how to feel it out conversationally as opposed to to asking directly. But some songwriters are happy to and really love to talk about songwriting. Mm-hmm. And others never want to talk about it. They would rather leave it like as an open, mystical kind of thing. Well, it's also um, work. <laughs> no one wants to talk about work. <laughs> well, I mean, but some people, some people do. They yeah. do want to talk about the work and the process because they want they want to demystify it. But for some reason, you know, and talking to 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 writers, they always seem to be down to talk about the work. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, songwriters. <laughs> Some of them just want to, you know, all they they can say is, I don't know where it comes from. It just kind of comes to me out of the air. You know, it's a it's a mystical thing. They want to leave it, um, you know, as as to like a a, a mythological kind of deal, and and that's fine. There's there's usually some other avenue that I can I can talk to them, you know, uh, about. I don't know, other musicians that influence them or talk to them about music in general. Um, but it's interesting, you know, to, you kind of just have to feel it out because it'll, it'll shut down the conversation pretty quick. If, if, if you, if you keep poking at something that they very clearly don't want to talk about. So, um, Jared, what's next for you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna spin some records. I might have a have a cup of coffee or something. Uh, why? Anything in particular you wanted to talk about? <laughs> I are you done with podcasting altogether? Well, I so so the the primary reason that you're on this show, other than the <laughs> fact that I just like talking to you, mm-hmm. um, is. Uh, 
it's is to talk about what our next endeavor is. Well, it's funny because um, um, I've been a guest on your show, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's just funny that I remember just being. I remember just in my general nature, I why I tried to seem cool and funny and, you know, putting a divert anything personal about myself with a pop culture reference. And yet you still, you know, we've still managed to be friends. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, even going so far as to, um, you know, co-host a podcast, which we just recorded the last episode of, um, and it's been, um, rewarding and fun and, I just remember being nervous and trying to seem cool to you and probably feeling well, miserably. <laughs> I, I I don't think so. I mean, that's the reason that we went on to do What the Fork is that we we had a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and it was fun talking to you and it felt like we could we could do it mm-hmm. um, you know, not talking about ourselves all the time. Even yeah. though we wound up talking about ourselves a lot. Yeah, that's the, the thing is like what the fork we had we had a good hour i had we had a good hour to talk about ourselves and then what ends up happening you know with the limited engagement and then for 84 episodes of what the fork we just talked about ourselves and how related to this show about well, it's and I, I don't know you know how how did you feel we've talked about it a little bit but i don't think even though you tried to deflect, I don't think I ever completely let you off the hook with talk, with getting deeper. No, you didn't. Um, you were you were uh, you you never let me off the hook. I I, I had a lot of fun, um, but I remember in that room, I, I just kept getting distracted by all the little pop culture things that you had, and like, um, just kept, I have a lot. You. Yeah. <laughs> You had so so many things in that room, and we just get distracted. Uh, um, but it was. Um, I mean, there's always been the Elvis Costello poster behind me. Yeah, so it's. Like, and now it's the Jonathan Richmond. Jonathan Richmond. There, thing yeah, there's too. Jonathan. Elvis is up there. Yeah, I see the Mark is up there. Yeah, I see the Mark thing now, and I I have a poster too that I haven't even hung up yet. That. That I that I uh, got signed for you. Yeah, actually, you got signed for me because I was uh, off doing something else. It's, <laughs> you know, the thing is, and I I I think that this kind of goes back to. I, I think it's why people ended up liking the podcast and why I ended up doing it as long as I I did, mm-hmm. is that even though I could pivot and change the subject. I've always felt like people needed to be able to answer for their work. Mm-hmm. And some people were more comfortable about it than others, and some people are more willing about it than others, but I was never going to shy away from at least asking the questions. Yeah. And I remember, so the the other interview that I didn't, you know, this was very early on. It was in the first year. It might have been the second live show, the second show altogether. It was one of the very early ones, but I interviewed um, Gia Oakbaker, who's a who's a poet and photographer, and somebody that um, you know I'm, I'm consider myself lucky to be able to call a friend. Um, you know, I wanted 
I was interviewing her. Her poetry was uh, very confessional. You know, there there was a lot of discussion about, um, you know, having feelings for somebody outside of their their um, their their partner, and ha- having some some like knowledge of their background and everything that. I'm going to use whatever I know about somebody and and their work to to you know cause, because I'm 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 genuinely curious. I'm like how how do you how do you feel comfortable about putting that down on paper and then publishing it? Mm-hmm. And how does how does your partner feel about that? And I thought she was going to kill me. <laughs> um and you know i i ended up directing the conversation away from that and she answered and i thought her answer was honest and 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 um but also let me know that that i needed to to kind of redirect the questioning but I I do feel, you know, and part of the reason that I want to keep doing this is that, you know, I'm I'm curious about how people allow themselves to put what they do into into their work. I think um, and to that end, like that's the thing, hardest thing I for me to do anything creative is I I'm afraid of being vulnerable. Like, that's why I try to be vulnerable through other people, <laughs> you know? I, you know, this is why I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be somebody who writes a novel, because I don't know, writing is how I work things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may not necessarily be able to do it as I'm going through it, if it's too fresh or something. But eventually, anything that I'm able to work through will come out through poetry or lyrics or a short story. And, you know, when you're, especially when you're doing fiction, you, you, you have to, you know, dress things up and, and couch them in something that's not, you know, that'll make a story. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, you know... I, I tend to be turned off by things that if I don't feel like there's something compelling like that in this in a, in a novel or in a story, I, I get turned off by it pretty quick. Yeah, that's why as as big a nerd as I am, um, there's very little science fiction and fantasy that I read because I I just don't get it doesn't I don't feel a real connection with it because it's not real it's not authentic. That's no, what but draws there, to you. there can honest. be some. I mean, they can break through that if mm-hmm. they're if they're really good. If they're great writers, mm-hmm. not just you know good at at crafting a world, mm-hmm. then I think it still manages to come through. So, well, they all can't be Michael Shabbat, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, we were gonna we're gonna pivot and talk about what we're doing next. Yeah, well, and, I mean, that's if anyone who's listening to what the fork, this is what always happens. all right so this is you know i 
we I don't want to speak for for you, but I I have enjoyed podcasting with you for the last two years. And uh, yeah, it's been okay. And <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it. I, I I think that we were we have been sort of behind the scenes talking about a bigger project mm-hmm. um, that we're that we're going to to roll out, and um, having having come to the end of the good place and not really um, wanting to do another or tie tie our discussions to another another show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we decided to, to incorporate the larger project in, into podcasting and to officially end what the fork and to end limited engagement and incorporate aspects of both of those shows into a new show and, Mm -hmm. and, and blow it up, uh, make it even more ambitious. Mm Mm-hmm. Sort of like a mix, and it's sort of like a, like the when we talk about it, like it's sort of like a hybrid between the two. It is. It's, I mean, because it's still going to be a pop culture shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the same the same just natural digressions that we're prone to anyway. Mm-hmm. But to give it a little bit of structure, and to <laughs> add an interview component to it. Yep. So, yeah, we'll have. We'll occasionally have interviews. Um, we'll occasionally bring in guests to talk about pop culture. Um, we'll, um, but a lot of it's just going, and we'll just be you and me talking about, you know, how we consume pop culture, especially now, considering that we're all doing it from our homes on a more consistent basis. Um, well, so let's, I mean, we keep, we, we haven't even named the thing yet, but we have, we're, 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 well, no, we have, but we haven't said the name. That's right. It's not like Voldemort. Uh, it's (laughs) (laughs) Mr. I don't read Harry Potter, but (laughs) I've seen the films. I know who Voldemort (laughs) is, uh, or, or, or Beetlejuice. Would that be better? It's not Beetlejuice. (laughs) Well, you said it twice, dude. Don't say it again. I can't say it a third time. You can't say it a third time. <laughs> uh, we, you know, this, if, if people follow us on, on Twitter, we had a conversation a while back about, um, what was it, band names or something like that? Yeah, what or, we would name our um, hardcore Billy Joel cover band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we ended up doing a poll. Mm-hmm. One of the names I had suggested was Mental Platypus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, I loved that name. I took it and ran with it and, mm-hmm. and made a, and, and drew the Mental Platypus. Uh, and, and, and other people liked it. And, and it was the, uh, the one, the thing that got the most votes. And little did people know that this happened to coincide with the conversation that we were having in general about doing a, you know, Phoenix-centric arts and culture mm-hmm. quarterly magazine, mm-hmm. which um, 
which originally was after a uh, you know an idea you had had was going to be called ass backward. Yeah, yeah, we had this idea. I had this idea that we, I had just gotten laid off from New Times, and I really still wanted to be a part of Phoenix, and, and I just thought, well, um, but uh, we kind of came up with this Corley idea and didn't necessarily like we want it to be you know celebrate phoenix and a little bit and also just kind of touch on anything and everything that we liked um that people we thought people should know about and i just thought ask backward is a provocative title but then that's that's how i get into doing anything yeah uh (laughs) is the wrong way around um but then as we um and sort of inspired by Mel Platypus, we both agree, like, well, that's a good name for something. And, like, uh, ask backward, as much as I still like that, like, it, it my dad probably went. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still a good name, uh, yeah. you know, but it's, it, I think Mental Platypus ends up being a little more original. It's a little more, or it's a little more of a, an earworm, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a, a unique thing. So, you know, as these, these shows were, you know, we had, we were, we were coming to the natural end of what the fork. And as I was deciding that I wanted to end limited engagement, uh, I proposed the idea of, of, of doing this, of incorporating the two podcasts and, and starting something completely different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's we're gonna start the mental platypus will will begin in 2021, mm-hmm. and it's going to uh, sort of lead up to the quarterly, which I you know our our, our goal, um, you know, providing that the world reopens, uh, is is to is to have the first uh, issue of the magazine ready for publication in uh, the fall. Or the winter of 2021. Yes, that's the hope. <laughs> that's the hope. We also are not going to do anything half-assed. It has to be right. right. So we're, I think we're, you know, as it's as it's uh, an endeavor we want to 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 launch correctly. Um, we don't have a firm time limit on the magazine as far as when it's going to launch. It's going to be ready when it's ready, and we're, you know, it's going to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna, we're whole assing this idea. Yes. But the the podcast is going to be a natural extension of the of the magazine and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So as we as we bring on essentially like a core group of staff writers and have regular features in the magazine, some of those people will will have uh, their own segments on the podcast. Uh, you know, and we're going to do interviews. It's, you know, where our goal is to have at least one interview a month and to, you know, eventually as we develop segments, those will be featured on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's going to be something, you know, much in the way that, that what the fork did and definitely in the way that limited engagement did, it's going to be something that develops naturally and it's going to begin from, from our, 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 what the fork roots basically of, of the two of us 
talking about the things that we love uh and and we'll uh you know it's gonna stay kind of loose because it's got to stay fun right it's gonna somehow and it will incorporate i think to some degree our creative and journalistic endeavors that we've always wanted to tackle for now you and i have talked about for at least two or three years yeah um that we've kind of wanted to do but just haven't had the time or uh you know or you know things get in the way um so we life yeah life (laughs) so but we um we hope i i hope that you'll um people will want to join us on this journey um I hope so too. Basically, you know, if, if you like listening to limited engagement and you've enjoyed our banter, our, our many, many digressions into deep pop culture rabbit holes on what the fork, then you're going to like the new podcast. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully you'll come along with us. I'm really excited about it. Honestly, I, I haven't been this excited about a new thing. Um, at least all year. Yeah. <laughs> this this has been like a, a great thing for me to pour some thought and energy into in in just a real flaming trash heap of a year. Yep. So we're gonna start twenty twenty one off right. Something new. So And that, you know, we're it's gonna be you you'll be able to find us on all the you know the, the Twitter and Instagram. It'll be Mental Platypus. Luckily enough, nobody else has had that name, so mm-hmm. look for at Mental Platypus. Uh, we'll unveil the logo in 2021, um, and uh, and we're gonna do a brand new feed. So each of the old shows is gonna have the first episode drop in the feed. So if you stay subscribed, you can kind of check it out. Yeah, but. You you will need to subscribe to a new feed. Mental Platypus is going to be its own thing. We're going to start fresh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, if uh, you you can still hit us up individually if you have ideas too. I'm definitely open to hearing some ideas and some pitches for things. Yep, um, same here. And you can you can kind of contact us about that. If you're interested in even being a, 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 an interviewee or know somebody that you think maybe you want us to have a chat with, mm-hmm. um, you can you can contact us and and all that kind of thing. It's the Wild West, baby. Yep. No. Hey, but that's it's been it's been quite a run. Yep. Well, congrats, man. Shows of. 150 limited engagements, 80 some odd, uh, what the forks. There are so many at this point, hundreds of hours of me talking on mic out there, you know, album infinitum, uh, and, uh, 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 hoot and review and all the various things that, that I've done. And, um, I think, you know, honestly too, Album Infinitum, I think, is something that we can incorporate the idea of that into Mental Platypus. I was just thinking that, too, that it can be part of something. It's just going to be your one-stop shop. It's 
you know, we're for everything who and while that you enjoyed. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. Well, cool, man. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been a wild ride. Same here. Thanks for letting me be a part of it, man. Thanks for picking me up along the side of the road. And, and uh, yeah, I just want to wrap up real quick by thanking everybody who's listened, everybody who's, who's told somebody else to listen. Um, everybody who's given feedback over the years, everybody who's been a guest on this show. I'm not getting choked up. My throat's just getting a little dry. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has been a blast. I, I, I mean, I, to, to be honest, it it's, has succeeded beyond my wildest dreams. It's allowed me to do so many things it's it's you know it was basically my gateway into into really getting into the Phoenix arts community um and i've i've interviewed people that i i never thought i would have the opportunity to interview um it's 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 meant a lot to me over the years and i mean Hooten Waddle would have never existed without without starting with limited engagement. And, um, I mean, it really, really, I, I, I never would have had the confidence to do a lot of the things that I have done without this podcast. And if people weren't listening to it, I, I wouldn't have continued to do it. Um, so it just, I, I can't thank people enough. And, I hope that you will continue the journey with us and that you all take care of yourselves. And um, we'll, we'll work to have a better 2021. And uh, see you on down the road. Congrats, man. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> This has been a Hoonwaddle production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from Hootenwaddle.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. If you'd like to support Hootenwaddle and get access to an exclusive member-only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash Hootenwaddle. Hootenwaddle.